0: she is a keynote speaker, thought leader, podcaster, improviser, and creator and CEO of The House of And. Uh, additionally, she is an author of a book I'm totally obsessed with called Fear Is My Homeboy. So let's jump into this great discussion with Judy. I was Super hoping we could be BFFs, but then I learned you're a Cards fan and I'm a Cubs fan.
1: <laughs> I married a Cubs fan. If that helps you, it does. Yes.
0: It does. I also live in a house divided. My husband's a Reds fan. He grew up in oh, Ohio, so oh
1: yes, you get it, you get it. Um, yeah. Well, if it may, at least I love Chicago, right? And I'm yes. a Bears fan and the Bulls and Jordan's the greatest player of all time, Agreed. not LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> agree, agree. If that helps.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So I have a lot of really great questions. So I thought I'd just dive right in Let's and go. we can get started. Okay. So your sweet spot is obviously helping others realize that fear can be a motivator, not a crutch, right? It yeah. can propel you to greatness. And if you put in the work, you can you can really excel. In fact, you wrote a whole book about it called Fear yeah. is My Homeboy. Um, I'm obsessed with this book. I think it's fantastic. But I'd love to hear how embracing fear helped in your personal journey.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, first of all, thank you. I really received that. I had so much fun writing the book. While it's always challenging to take what's in your heart and on your mind and put it into word format. It was really fun to do it because I wrote the book um, out of the deepest desire to write something... That I wish I had when I was a, a decade, two decades younger. I won't reveal my age. Not that it matters. I'm proud of it. Damn it, I'm 45 years old. So when I was 25, I wish I knew this, right? This idea that fearless, this notion of fearless that we all seem to be chasing oh, she's so fearless. Oh, he's so fearless. It's such a fearless company. Honestly, that isn't the case. Because think about it, if you were really fearless... You do all kinds of crazy stuff, right? You would you would never pay your taxes. You would never go to a doctor. You would walk down dark alleys alone at night by yourself at three in the morning. So no, we don't want to be fearless. And Elizabeth Gilbert wrote in her beautiful book called Big Magic, this about the word fearless. She said, listen, the only fearless people I know are like five-year-olds and sociopaths. So no, baby, the goal shouldn't be fearless. The goal should be brave. The goal should be figuring out how we can fear our fear just a little bit less. And that's what makes us brave. So to answer your beautiful question, I had to start there because I had lived most of my life as like the biggest Frady Cat, right? And I think it's because I grew up in an environment um, that really manifested my anxiety because I have a... uh bipolar mom. And, and you don't know like which direction it's going to go. And when you grow up in an environment where you're constantly on eggshells and you don't know um, how to be from one minute to the next, you sort of live in anxiety, which made me kind of a fear fearful person. And improv theater, when I moved to Chicago and did Second City changed everything. It showed me for the first time that I can bet on myself, that I can do hard things and that I can figure out how to dance with my fear instead of allowing fear to sort of drive the car all the time. And that's really why the book was written um, and what it's all about. It's, It's a story of telling yourself a different story about the way fear shows up in your life.
0: There's a part in the book where you talk about bringing um, somebody to the party with you. Mm. And you gave this example of being at the dentist. And I could not have related more. I hate the dentist. I go (laughs) regularly like I'm supposed to, but I was like, oh my gosh, she has like these tactics for the dentist. I never thought about bringing headphones. Totally going to steal that one because the dentist (laughs) is the worst. It's the
1: worst. So this idea of bringing a friend to the fear party. Um, it's so funny that you're bringing this up in the news. I do a newsletter every week, the vibe check. I, I Do you get the vibe check, Sherry? I, I do. Okay, yay. So a little spoiler alert. It'll come out here in, a, in about a half hour. But um, I write about like pairing... A set, and this is really relative to what we talk about when we talk about bringing a friend to the fear party. I talk about pairing essential tasks with fun stuff. So, like, um, I hate getting ready in the morning. So, I pair it with something I love personal development podcasts who, you know, who has time to listen to all the podcasts they want to listen to. So, I pair the those two things, right? Um, you know, journaling okay, that that is, we all wanna do it and I know I l- need to do it and I know I love how I feel when I do it, uh, but it's hard for me to do. So I've sort of paired it with something I love, my morning coffee. So this is my second cup. I'll have my first cup. It's like a trigger. I've created a new trigger, right? So when I see morning coffee, I think, oh, get out my Vibe and Thrive Planner, do my power statements, do my journaling, whatever, right? So this notion of pairing the tough thing with something really fun helps you move through the tasks that feel more difficult. So the dentist example in the book was like, yeah, taking this fear of the dentist and going, okay, I'm a little afraid of the dentist and I really don't want to, have to Take a half a Xanax every time I go. Can I get myself in control of this? And if you have to take a half a Xanax, God bless you. No judgment here. The dentist is no joke. Uh, But I started bringing like my rose gold beats and I'd blast Eminem, some good hip hop, right? Something angry, something that gets me fired up. And it just drowns out the noise. And it reminded me that my normal life will be outside of those doors as soon as I get through this. And it just sort of helped me. And it makes my dentist laugh and all the nurses kind of, everybody kind of calms down. And for me, it's something that works. So the idea is to take something that's scary. Maybe it's even like paying your taxes or doing your monthly accounting and putting on your like favorite Spotify playlist or lighting your favorite candle that you don't want to light because it's so expensive, right? Like do the fun thing with the hard thing. And it makes us a little bit more apt to do the hard things.
0: It's a great, it's a great example. You know, this year, you know, in my space, in the HR world, we have been pulled Mm. in so many directions. It's frankly hard to know if we're coming or going in, in this world that we're in, in that we're in. And I think it can be hard to really own our success. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. because um, the HR industry, a lot of us are females and a lot of us are trying to kind of make our way and share our story. Um, How have you learned to tell that, to own your success and really, um, you know, level up yourself uh, amongst females in in the industry? Yes,
1: yes, yes. Uh, First, Bless to all the HR professionals listening. My goodness. Uh, what you walk through always is important, and the job you have is very important. Yet, um, what we have just walked through in the season of COVID and the pandemic has sprinkled a little extra swagger onto what already makes your job really, really powerful. So, um, listen, you know, the word pivot is being thrown around a lot. And as an improviser, I I feel it's a lot more empowering to remind every HR professional and every non-HR professional listening to this that you're not pivoting, you're improvising. You're an improviser. You're improvising every single day and you'll continue to the rest of your life. So number one, um, I want to empower you to think that way because at the end of the day, uh, people are going to leave you. Uh, Economies are going to go up and down. We're going to lose people we love. Uh, Global pandemics may happen. We cannot stop hard things from happening. happening, right? Um, But the constant in every scenario is you and how you rise up from that and how you move forward inside of that really ultimately determines your destiny. So I want to empower you. I mean, this is how improvisers think, right? We know stuff's going to happen. Improvisers are very prepared. We don't just fly by the seat of our pants, but we know that when things happen, we have such a deep sense of self-love and self-trust that we can keep moving so this is my answer to your question. When we see you get up, when we see you love yourself, when we see you promote yourself and talk about your success and, and be confident, it reminds every single one of us, every other woman that is watching you, that we can do it too. It makes me want to be more confident for myself. Right, Your Courage is contagious. Your self-love is contagious. Your confidence is contagious. And those who don't receive it are sitting in fear and not love because there's two reactions in this world. There are love-based reactions. And there are fear-based reactions. So when we have a family member or an employee or someone who works with us that is making excuses, instead of being frustrated, start asking, what are you afraid of, right? Because nine times out of 10, there's fear. When someone doesn't receive, your conversation or your idea or whatever it may be, um, the way you desire them to, okay, maybe there's something they're afraid of there, right? And it gives us grace, but it also helps us keep going, right? Because we need you. We need you the way you do it. We need your confidence. We need your courage. Yo, fear is contagious. Panic is contagious. Uh, All of that is contagious, but so is love and hope and courage. And your job, your real job is to be a DJ of those emotions. Because when you do that, you remind us all what we're worthy of and we're watching. And so I think as an HR professional, you have this beautiful opportunity to lead by example, to show everyone in the organization that you're not only an organization that leads with love, but you're a human being that does it and you model the way by doing it, right? So you're a role model. You're a role model, a fear role model, a self-love role model, and a confidence role model. And that's what helps me. That's what I think of. I think every time I do something brave, every time I show self-love, every time I promote my book or my work and all of that always feels uncomfortable, I remind other people they can do it too.
0: You know, something I've been practicing is really kind of visualizing my success. Um, I started my vision board. It's, it, I just painted my office, so it's it's, it's a work in progress, and um, it's it's really helping to keep me motivated on my goals. You have a similar process. You talk about it. Ask, hustle, repeat. I would love to hear why that ask piece in that model is so important.
1: I love that. Um, And it's interesting that you're bringing this up too. I love the serendipity of the times I have conversations with different people because we just got into a conversation uh, at an event I was at in Chicago on Wednesday about manifestation and that we really have to, before we even ask for what we want, we have to have the door open to the possibility that it could even happen. So I think I would edit that initial belief and say, okay, we first have to believe that it's possible, right? We have to believe, we have to first, have a possibility based mindset. I mean, this is the work we're doing inside the house of and right this notion that we see doors opening, not doors closing. we see um, we don't we don't instantly go, oh my God, what could go wrong if I start this podcast or take this new job or hire this employee or go for the promotion we go, ah, but what could go right right And so first, before we ask for what we want, we have to believe that it's possible and then we have to command the universe, the higher power, God, whatever you believe in, uh, all of the above, we have to command the universe to give it to us. We have to ask for what we want. And here's where the magic happens. Because when you ask, when you are brave enough to be audacious enough to ask for what it is that you want, um, you better watch out because you're going to start to get it, right? So we first have to believe, we have to have this possibility-based mindset we have to ask for what we want and then we got to do the work. I can't just sit here and say uh, universe, I'd like to be a multi-million dollar entrepreneur right I of course that's important we have to believe that we're worthy of that and we have to ask for what we want but then we got to do the work. we have to sit back and 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 do the work and so that's that's when I would say it's it's move in the in the manifestation equation. so belief uh, belief that it's possible, Asking for what you want, moving, moving next, and then I think of a, a final wrap up on that would be, yeah, of course, receive. You know, I have this Peloton bike in my basement. Um, do you know do you ride Peloton? Sharon?
0: I do. I do. That's what I thought,
1: I thought we had that in common. So um, people always say, like, oh, does that. Does that bike really, it does, does it work? Does it work? Does it work? And it's like any workout, anything in life, do books, do podcasts, uh, does improv, does it really work? Well, yeah, that bike will work if you work, you know? And so if you are willing to move, and this is really what managing fear is all about, movement, um you have to move. Fear wants you to stay stuck, safe, and just the same. Fear's job is to stop you. So we have to move. Visualization, um, believing that we're worthy, asking for what we want, right? Um, Doing the work and then receiving the gifts is a process of movement. And if you can move every day, one day at a time, you'll start to change and transform the quality of your life.
0: Movement is so important um, you know, going back to Peloton mm. literally the only workout I've ever done where I ended crying, like in such oh my God, a good way. I love way. a bike
1: cry. A bike cry is the best. Who's your favorite instructor, by the way, do you have like, what's your top two? Um, my
0: top two are Robin and Cody, hands down. Oh,
1: I love it. Okay. We're close. My top two are, Alex and Robin, but Cody is a very, he's three, but I love Just King. So it's like Just King and Cody are yeah. kind of tied, but yeah, we could geek out on Peloton all day. I mean, I, I same. And I started riding with Cycle in Chicago, moved from Chicago, bought a bike um, and, and, and fell in love with it equally. And it, 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 whatever workout you do, whatever you do, maybe it's a walk, whatever that is, when you move yourself to that kind of emotion, you know, you're doing the right thing. I mean, it triggers um, your body and what, it's doing is, my gosh, your vibrations, your energy, that's all, you know, we are made up of atoms. I have goosebumps as I talk to you about this. Uh, And that is a vibration in itself. Well, you have great energy, Sherry, and you're obviously doing your, I'm, I'm looking at you right here. You're glowing, right? You're smiling. You're obviously doing work that you love. Um, And so we protect that by investing in our body and in our mind and however you move your body. But when you move your body to tears, man, that's that's a powerful thing to feel.
0: Yeah. You, um, you've talked a little bit just in our discussion about your own kind of routine in the morning mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in the space that I'm in, we always feel like we're just, we're going and you talk a lot about protecting your energy. I'm mm-hmm. curious how you kind of figured out your own rhythm to be able to create such a great schedule around it.
1: Yeah. You know, I think thinking like an improviser helps me here because I am really good at giving myself grace because I'm a human being just like you. Cars are going to break down. Flights are going to get canceled. My husband has shingles. That just happened. What the heck, right? So like, you never know what you're going to wake up to. You never know what's going to happen, right? Um, But I do know... That when I make big deposits into the bank of me first, I can better serve all the disruption that may happen in my day. So while it may not be perfect, um, I certainly take very seriously that first hour of my day. Um, Even if it has to be the first hour of my day, and I did not start this way, I started with the first 10 minutes of my day. So if you're sitting here thinking, oh, easy for you to say, you run your own business, you don't have little kids running around, listen, you can lock yourself in your closet. Excuses, remember, excuses are a way fear shows up to stop you, to keep you stuck safe and just the same. So if you were sitting here saying, "Uh, there's no way I could do that in the morning, what are you afraid? of. Maybe you'll change. Maybe you'll get the thing you want. And then, oh, now we have the fear of success. See what fear does here, right? It becomes the snowball effect. So I found that when I made a commitment to owning my morning, even if it was just the first 10 minutes of my day, I owned my day. And what happens when you own your days, you own your life. So some non-negotiables for me, the first hour of my day, oh my God, I do not look at email. I do... no. Email is everybody else's priorities. I do not... I will come to you when I'm ready for you. I run a business. I have to look at email. But who's the boss? Me or my email? Email is everyone else's priorities. So are you tending to your priorities first? So in that first hour of the day, no email, uh, no social media, a little bit coffee. I do two cups of coffee. You're seeing me on my second. I woke up late because I had a canceled flight. So I got in late last night. Um, I... um. Yeah. Definitely. I uh, Vibe and thrive, baby. So we have this goal-focused planner uh, and I move through that routine and I light a candle. I put on... Uh, right now, I've been doing summer jazz, like the summer jazz playlist on Spotify. Light a candle, listen to a great playlist. And I move through my power statements every morning. And this is something you can do in under two minutes. Even if I'm having a crazy day, if I'm on vacation and I'm not doing the whole vibe and thrive planning process for the day, I still bring a notebook and I do 10 am power statements every morning. Uh, And I think this is a practice that I'll walk you through really quick that has fundamentally changed the course of my life. And when we talk about manifestation, believing that we're worthy, being audacious enough to ask for what we want, this is how I do it. So every morning, uh, literally the first thing I do in the Vibe and Thrive Planner uh, is my 10 am power statements. We do gratitude too, because you can't be mad and grateful, right? So it gets me out of a bad mood and it gets me out of fear and all that. So we have like three things we're grateful for. What are we most excited about in the day? Um, what are my top three priorities? Um, how can I love myself today? And then I put an arrow, like schedule it. Like even if it's a bubble bath or 10 minutes alone or a car ride to go get my favorite cappuccino, And then, of course, the 10 power statements, and they are declarations of self-love and and independence and, and really manifestation. So I say things to myself like, I am health. I am wealth. I am abundance. I am on big stages I'm a keynote speaker right i am calm and focused i am worthy of success you know what's another one i wrote this morning i am ceo of an iconic brand right so you know what are these things you want for yourself one some of them may be true some of them may not be true yet but but if we aren't brave enough audacious enough to even ask for those big dreams how will we even get close? I mean, Sherry. One more thing I'll say. I used to write for the longest time back when I, you know, I work as a keynote speaker and back when I was traveling all the all the time. Um, and as I was building my keynote speaking business, I had this dream. I worked with this coach who was like, "I want you to write." She was a speaking coach, and she's like, "I want you to write your your." dream day, you in five years, eight years as a keynote speaker, what does that look like from what you're wearing to the money in your bank account, to the car that picks you up at the airport, to every little detail. I want you to put it on a paper. And one of the things I wrote down is like, you know, this black car picks me up and I'm flying first class. And so I was like, why not put this into my I am power statement practice? It's silly. It's crazy, but it puts me into this like different frequency, this different vibration. Like I, I am earning a certain level in my business that I am able to fly first class to every event I go. And when you live in an airport and on a plane, dude, that is a very nice thing to have because it's kind of like your life. It's one thing if you fly every now and then, but it's nice to have the extra room. So for years, two years, I, I, I am always flying first class. I am always flying first class. I am always flying first class. And then there was the day that I bought my first first class ticket, like on my own as a professional speaker. And then I did it again. And I did it again. And I did it again. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, now I worked for that, but I was also crazy enough to believe that I deserved it and that I was worthy of it and that it was okay to want it. And so I give you that silly example, uh, that, was something for me that sort of allowed me to vibrate even higher than I was at the time. So maybe for you, it's, A place you want to live, or a vacation you want to go on, or a relationship you want to have with a spouse or a kid, or something you maybe want to own, or a job you want to have, or a title. Maybe you dream of moving out of HR into executive leadership. Maybe you want to be the CEO. I encourage you to start writing every day I am CEO, I am CEO, I am CEO, right? And so these are practices that fuel my future. And fuel my present because I sit down every day. And again, even if I only have five minutes to make that commitment to myself. And I'm telling you, it is, it's my secret weapon.
0: As I was listening to you talk, I think HR people get really stuck on. I have to keep giving to everybody else. I have to mm. keep pouring my picture out. And if you didn't hear what Judy said, I'm gonna repeat it very simply. Working on you will make you better at your job. Hands Oof. down you will be more impactful in your role into to the company if you focus on you. And I genuinely believe that because the times that I take to focus on me exponentially has impacted my success. Um, so I, I really yes. love you sharing that.
1: Yes, and two things, nothing works if you don't work, number one. And number two, we have to stop shaming women for self-caring and self-loving and setting boundaries. We do this. We see women set a boundary and we're like, can you believe she just, (laughs) she she is not taking my kids to carpool or she is not, or she just told me she can't come to the party or she just declined the vacation. You should commend that. You should honor her. You should learn from her, study her, right? Goals are boundaries. And so I think as women, we can look at another woman and say, oh, wow, this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with her and the boundaries she set for herself. So when we see a woman take care of herself and love herself and set boundaries for herself and say no, realize what she's doing. She's saying yes to herself and honor that. And I think we can stop boundary shaming, uh, self-love shaming, self-care shaming has got to stop. I think that has to be a whole chapter in my next book because it is the real deal. And we can, again model that behavior and do it confidently and courageously. And people will watch you do it and they'll learn from you and then they'll start to get the confidence to do it for themselves. So I love that you tapped into that, Sherry.
0: You have a great tribe yourself. You talk about your coaches, your mentors, your heroes. How did you come up with that like secret triad to kind of help yourself (laughs) on the journey?
1: I love it, uh, honestly, because I was broke, because uh, I could not afford when I was building my business to hire the coaches that I wanted to hire. So I, I had to uh, think like the um, improviser that I am, you know, and and find a way. And so, you know, I built my business, and I'm the first in my family to uh, have a college grade degree. Not that you can have need to have a college degree to be successful. You can do anything you deeply desire if you're brave enough to work for it. I had to figure things out. And so I read books. I would borrow books. I would go to the library. So as I look at some of these books in my office, like some of them make me very emotional and some of them have become some of my best friends because it's literally how I started my business. I mean, the book Platform by Michael Hyatt was how I learned about platform building and in some of that uh you know maybe outdated because it's about 10 years old but the ideas remain that you have to figure out how to build a platform if you have anything to say or sell as a company and as a brand and so just literally googling how to build a website so you know heroes and mentors from afar began my journey. Jen Sincero's book, You Are a Badass, changed everything for me. This is why seeing you holding up my book, All Flagged Up, is such an honor and a beautiful moment because there are so many books that are that way for me. So it was out of a deep desire to learn and to want something bigger for myself and to not have the money for it. So I learned from uh, YouTubers and Googlers and Googlers, you know what I mean? The Google um, and and books. And then of course, that turned into um, asking so those were my heroes, the free ones, the ones from afar, then asking mentors in my circle, just literally asking a pointed question or um, saying, Hey, I'd love to get 20 minutes of your time. And I have these three questions, not just like, Hey, can I pick your brain? Which is really ambiguous and stressful. Someone comes to me and says, they want to pick my brain. you you're probably going to get someone on my team responding to you. But if you say, Hey, Judy, I have this question or you know, I get a DM that says, What would you do in this scenario? If I could do it, I'm going to answer that question because it's pointed. So I would lean into the mentors in my circle that I had relationship with for free advice. And then... I was making that money. I started making money and I knew I'll never forget investing in my first coach to coach me uh, from a speaking perspective. And it paid off in dividends because she helped me get to where I wanted to go faster. Uh, so I began investing in myself. It is so important to get people outside of your brain into your life. Um, You always know the answers. They're always living inside of you. Uh, But having support from the outside, from someone who's walked where you want to go is essential. So save for it, stack those dimes, invest in it. And last thing I'll say, Sherry, when you spend money, you show up differently, right? You're like, I just wrote a check (laughs) to this woman. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be prepared. And you're going to get... A lot more out of it because you're investing. And again, money's energy. So now we're telling the universe, we're telling that energetic field around us that we are ready for more. We deserve more and we're investing in that fiscally. And, you know, all of that comes back to you. So
0: you are an author, you're a podcast host, you're an entrepreneur, a Peloton warrior. I could go Baby. on and on with this list, but I know you actually have more brewing. So you've mentioned it before. I'm specifically wondering if you want to share a little bit more about your adventure with the House of And.
1: Yes. Oh my god, thank you for asking. So the House of And is um well, let me just tell you why I created it. So it was created out of um a, a deep desire to help you um live the lessons I learned from the improv theater. So when I took improv in 2008 at Second City, when I opened the door to that improv classroom in Chicago, um, everything changed because it was the first time in my life that I learned how to bet On myself, Uh, the improv mindset helped me manage my fear, uh, but it also gave me the tools to reduce my anxiety, manage depression, build confidence, and embrace disruption. Hello, global pandemic. Um, So the House of And was created out of a deep desire to help you do this. Let me explain why we call it the House of And. In the improv theater, one of the first things you learn is yes and. Yes and. Yes, and we use these two words together on stage to uh, create magic, to heighten, to explore, to say, yes, you just gave me that line. And here's what I'm going to add to it so we can go play, right? Um, Yes, no. Yes, but shuts things down. We all, hello, HR professionals. We know these people. They, Yes, the idea is great, but, or I love you, but, or no. That won't work. Yes, and is forward momentum. It's, it's positive, it's collaborative, it's energy and it keeps us moving forward. So we love it. However, what I've come to find is that and is really the superstar and is the magic and is Batman and yes is Robin. Here's why. Because you can say yes and still be complacent, right? You can say yes and still remain stuck safe and just the same. It's those of us who are brave enough to open the door to say yes, and I'm gonna do something I've never done. I'm gonna try something different here. I'm gonna add a little extra swagger. I'm gonna add something new to my life. I'm gonna do it scared. It's those of us that and things, that truly, truly make change in our life. So our mission inside the House of And is to activate both discomfort and joy to inspire more breakthrough moments because that's what we want. We want more innovation, more breakthrough moments, more magic, more wonder, more serendipity. And you will never get that if you are not brave enough to do the uncomfortable things required in order to earn the joy and the freedom and the love that you want. House, hausava We've started an Instagram page where we're going to eventually pump some oxygen into that. But um, my goodness, we can link up probably in your show notes to the things. But thank you for asking. I, it is a dream come true. I have always loved fashion and I've always loved empowering people. So it's basically we're empowerment creators and we're using our merchandise to do that.
0: I love that. And I've loved our conversation. Thanks for taking uh, a couple minutes out of your very busy day to jump on the podcast with me, Judy. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, cheering you on, Sherry. Thank you.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Palocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.